Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together and we have some great people helping us along the way. Now, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the stress and perfectionism of our over-parenting culture and at the same time yearned for solutions to ease the struggles of everyday family life? Perhaps you've been caught at the grocery store with a tantruming two-year-old, made organic salmon for your four-year-old only to have it thrown across a room, or attempted to reason with your five-year-old about why you should stay at the party so that you could have some more adult time after they are probably an hour past done, done, done. We hear about the endless shoulds of modern parenting, and yet real life just needs real solutions. Today, we are going to discuss how we can parent outside of the lines with guest Megan Leahy. Megan Leahy is the on-parenting columnist for the Washington Post and a certified parenting coach. She is the author of Parenting Outside of the Lines and is the mother of three daughters. She practices Zen Buddhism, holds a bachelor's degree in English and secondary education, and a master's degree in school counseling. She has appeared on NPR, ABC, and in numerous other publications. Leahy lives with her family outside Washington, D.C. So welcome, Megan, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. Before we jump in, for those who haven't had the opportunity to meet you, read your articles, and read your book, your new book that just is out, can you tell us what gets you up in the morning and how you got so interested in writing about how to parent outside of the lines? So coffee gets me up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the thought of being able to have a cup of coffee gets me out of bed. I wish it could be more inspiring than that. <laughs> it's <but> okay. <laughs> I think it's a lot of people allowed to go say the same thing. I, you know, we're taping this during COVID, and um, since d sometimes days don't have any more meaning, mm -hmm. um, coffee. Coffee. Uh, yeah, you know, the book has a funny beginning and funny story. Mm -hmm. I always kind of wanted to write a book, but I spend my life writing and I don't really know. Um, I, you know, when it came to sitting and writing a book, I was like, what would I write about? Mm. What would I say? Um, and you know, when Penguin Random House reached out to me and said, Hey, would you like to write a book? Mm. I thought, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I, you know, this is not what usually happens to people, mm -hmm. right? They write, they write, they write, they get refused, they get refused. But my life is a happy coincidence of having already written for um, the Washington Post, mm -hmm. already having a platform, having a nice dose of white privilege and somewhat earning it, right? Mm -hmm. And so here's, I wrote a, 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 a book that they hated. Mm. Right? So I wrote a how to for for parents of toddlers. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, like how to do this, how to do that. As I was writing it, I'm like, this is the dullest thing that's ever mm. been written. At least you knew. <laughs> I mean, and I knew, but I submitted it and they were like, wow, this doesn't sound like you at all. Mm. Right? Um, and I had to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. And so the book ended up being double what you've read. Oh my goodness, yes. And, and I cut it in half. Mm. It is thematic in that it's stuff I care about. Mm -hmm. Like in the introduction, 
this I've been working with parents and families for over 20 years. And this is the crap I hear day in, day out. <laughs> this is the crap I live day in and day mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to address it, but also in a chronological kind of way. So it kind of begins at the beginning of when you're not even pregnant, we're kind of told that you can't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of keeps going. Right. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, it, it it's an important book because it helps us to it helps give permission to ourselves and reclaim our our control after we may have heard read uh, that we were supposed to do things in very specific ways. You say towards the beginning of your book that unless death or severe damage to body or home is imminent. You have wiggle room in every single parenting decision in your life. It's an important statement, again, taking back that control that it's not about a should. So let's start with something that a lot of parents deal with. And I mentioned in my intro, we'll start with the epic tantrum in the grocery store. Something that I would imagine most parents have experienced or at least heard about in detail from right. someone that they love. <laughs> when yeah. parents are caught in this situation with a pile of groceries in their cart and a desire to just get this chore done, of yes. course, when their child unleashes holy hell right there in the store. Yes. What's going on here and how do you advise people to deal with the situation that emphasizes, again, parenting outside of the lines? You know, so... Any kind of effective parenting is done with the the knowledge of our own reactions. Mm-hmm. If we don't understand ourselves first, we're going to have a hard time understanding kids, which is why people hire me, because they've read every book and they've done every strategy. But since they don't understand themselves, every strategy will fail. The strategy isn't right or wrong, right? Unless you're beating your kid, mm, mm, mm-hmm. totally being submissive, there's a really big gray area mm-hmm. for what we can quote unquote do. But when we don't understand ourselves or what's motivating, like what motivated me in the book to, despite all sense and reason, decide I had to have groceries mm-hmm. at the end of a long day. Right. What was the narrative in my mind that mm. thought that was going to go well? <laughs> or you that uh, you mentioned, like, I'm really I'm just going for a few things <laughs> when you were like, oh, actually, <laughs> the lies we tell ourselves as parents. I'm just stopping by. We're just running in. We're just going to try this one ballet class. I think we're the just word gonna... just is probably a giveaway there. Right. I mean, I do that a lot, too. We're of just going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, just we're a- just going to eat one Oreo, you know, <laughs> so, um, and, and we're not bad parents for this. We, we may need groceries, need being in air quotes. Mm-hmm. We may, um, we may see an opening, um, but depending on the parent, we invite situations with children who are already immature and have trouble communicating with us. Mm-hmm that are not going to end well, and then we can't believe they don't end well. Well, we do yell, grow up to them. They should take the hint, shouldn't they? I, I mean, we're waiting, and I'm trying to develop the pill. Can't you be older right now and more reasonable? Can't your brain attach a little bit better? To and ironically, I have been asked over and over, not just by one parent, dozens of parents, how can I get my two-year-old to be quiet while I work all day? Oh, my gosh. Well, good luck on that one. And, you know, the first time I was like, oh, well, now I'm like, good Lord. You know, <laughs> I'm like actually starting to like get angry about it. But um, but there is this, this, I wrote Parenting Outside the Lines because I want to take these everyday things and both show parents their responsibilities in it and also that it's just life. Mm-hmm. So you can do everything right. You can bring a well-rested, fed, happy child to the grocery store. 
you can have lollipops in your bag and a song in your heart. <laughs> you can go at 6 a.m. when no one's there and and have it all go south. Mm-hmm. So then what do we do? The epic tantrum with the groceries already in the cart. I, I mean, again, unless you are buying groceries and it, it like your life is depending on it. <laughs> Okay, which I, I'm having trouble imagining a scenario where that... But, but let's say you have an older child and their birthday parties later that day. Oh, yes. Okay, and you are in there for the paper plates you forgot. Oh, and the cupcakes, balloons, and candles. And it would be nice if you just had some extra popsicles and maybe some... Capri Suns, and, right. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a couple extra yeah, things. Yes, right, <laughs> and so and they're never located. You know, it's aisle to aisle to aisle. Yes. Um, and then in that case, you know, you have to do, as I say in the book, like you have to assess the needs of the situation. Mm-hmm. So maybe you take the kid out and, you know, have them start picking out things and it takes two hours longer. Mm-hmm. Not really, but mm-hmm. maybe it's full on bribery, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not above. I'm not above a bribe. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not your go to for doing everything. Mm-hmm getting through a hard pickle, um, it can work. Um, and again, if it gets to the point though, of physical issues, like untenable issues, Mm -hmm. that's why we have friends and family, right? Somebody can stop at the store for you. Maybe groceries can be delivered. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a spouse, partner, friend. I mean, there's another way. So you can leave the cart. You can always leave the cart, mm-hmm. metaphorically <laughs> and, yes. and truly. Yes. You can leave it. So let's do another one. It's a little bit of a different scenario and, and a different part of your book, but I think they relate. You talk about your child wanting to just stay in her pajamas, yeah. not get dressed, and just leave the house in whatever she slept in and go to school. This yep. is something common for, for parents. You get increasingly frustrated and angry, and you're fighting her, right? You're fighting with your child about this, not physically. Then you had a pivotal conversation with a parenting coach. Tell us what's what was going on here, what happened in the long run, and, and how this impacted your parenting in that particular moment of, of realizing what was really going on and how you could deal with it. You know, there were, as soon as you become a parent, um, it's like as soon as sperm meets egg and whether it's with you or you adopt that child Mm -hmm. or however the child comes into your life, um, everything you kind of know about yourself is going to be revealed as either working or not working. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I had, I had had a very easy time of it up until that point. And I was an excellent baby mother mm-hmm. because it's so all encompassing. Mm-hmm. Um, my child was the question and I was the answer. Mm. Yes. I remember reading that in your book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, I just, I mean, even though my first was born very little and had trouble breastfeeding, it was actually hell, but I was like fully in it. Mm -hmm. And then as a child develops and pushes back, which is developmentally normal Mm -hmm. and not misbehavior, but our culture labels it misbehavior because they don't understand how children work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I deem this as a threat, Mm -hmm. kind of unconsciously, Mm -hmm. to my good job. Right. right now, now am I not a good mother anymore? Now right, I'm like, not good at this. Right. Like yeah. what went south? Mm-hmm. I'm doing all the things. Yes, I'm doing all the things. I'm doing all the things. Oh, gosh, and I'm isn't a that good right? Mom. Yes. Right. I also grew up with a very strong message around um, how you represent your family, how you look, mm-hmm. how you present. Mm-hmm. Tantruming child in the grocery store is probably not a good look then. Uh, or, yeah. And a, a pajama-wearing child in your mind is not, no. not a good representation right. of positive motherhood in that situation. No, it is not. Right. 
and ultimately it all comes down to power struggles mm-hmm. and what you do in the face of that. Mm-hmm. So even though I understood child development, even though academically I had trained as a counselor, mm-hmm. when you love your own child, you cannot access that part of your rational brain. You always. are so right in that. I somehow have my PhD in child development and somehow it, doesn't matter. it does not make a nope. difference in that moment. Absolutely nope. not. Yes. I mean, even if your rational brain is actually telling you what you're doing is wrong. (laughs) We become we become children ourselves. We Mm -hmm. go back to how we were raised. Mm -hmm. We go back to stories that we thought we had dealt with. Mm -hmm. Oh, good point. Find right. Like uh, my my message and I I write about a little bit in the book is like everybody was looking at us. Mm. What was I smoking? Nobody mm. was looking. Nobody. At everybody's dealing with their own stuff. That's right. Everyone's self-absorbed, just mm-hmm. like I was and am, and nobody yes. noticed a thing about us. Right. Right. Yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. But since I was insecure, that was my belief, mm. and it took talking to this parenting coach to make me realize that not only was I living out my insecurities on my child, which was bad enough. But I had created huge problems that had morphed into far more than clothes. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. And um, it was mine to undo. Mm-hmm. I kept waiting for her. Like often parents wait for the kids to be better. Yes. Um, when That's insane thinking. Mm-hmm. We're waiting um, for them to grow up. That's right. And there is truth in that. You know, like, the, you know, when the parent calls me crying, um, they just won't stay in bed. And it's hard for me to explain to them, if you just kind of keep going, they will. Right. Like, it's not going to be that they're 19 and you know, right. still in your bed. But yes, it's hard to deal with on the day to day. That's right. And it looks hopeless. And when you're inside of it, there's certain less, certainly must be a strategy, a book, mm-hmm. a way to keep this three-year-old bodies in bed without social services being called. Right. 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 Yes. Strapping them in is not the answer there. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so your child wants to wear pajamas to preschool and what was what was it that the parent and coach said to you that resonated so much to kind of help you pivot? I, she just said, I said, well, she has to get dressed into her quote unquote big girl clothes, which <laughs> was a coded language for looking cute mm-hmm. and pretty. And she said, why? <laughs> I said, because she does. And she's like, not really. and I thought oh Uh, oh right Mm -hmm. um what did she say like do you need to stop watering the weeds or something yeah Yeah. she well she just said you know you have created kind of this fight with your child Mm -hmm. about really like pajamas compared to like little pants and t-shirt they're kind of the same just one has like (laughs) unicorns on them and one of them doesn't right um and 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 she's like you're just watering weeds you're Mm -hmm. paying attention to what doesn't work Mm, it was okay physical struggle yeah but this of course becomes every story of my life and everybody else's story like what are we paying attention to right now like why does it matter that's right half of it doesn't matter no and even um if you walk this out to um, your child comes out to you at 16, mm-hmm. I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, we all talk a good talk. Yeah, I'm totally accepting them t- until it's your kid. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, oh, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, it really wasn't any of my business that maybe, for instance, she wore pajamas at two. And maybe it's not my business who she loves as a teen. Mm-hmm. Is the relationship affirming? 
Mm. Does she love herself? Mm-hmm. Is the relationship good? Mm-hmm. Right? Do the pajamas make her feel comfortable and safe? Mm-hmm. Does she like how they feel on her skin? You see, like parenting through pajamas and parenting through a kid telling you who they are as they're older are the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has to do with me stop being always about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think it's I think it's completely valid. And so at the end of the day, she winds up going to preschool in pajamas, correct? And then she winds up not after a while, I guess. She grew up not wearing pajamas every day of her life. But yes. And as I write, because I have, you know, the the lovely hindsight of, Mm -hmm. you know, watching her grow, she dresses 100 percent appropriately for every occasion Mm -hmm. without me telling her to. Mm hmm. Because eventually the positive aspect of peer pressure will take place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're a preschooler and you go to school and everyone's like kind of wearing normal clothes, then you want to wear normal clothes. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, everybody in middle school wears leggings and sweatshirts, that's what you wear. It's, you know, peer pressure is often bad, but it also helps us figure out what our cues are culturally. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about patterns because you talk about them in your book and you say in your book that when frustrations of life and family overwhelm these children any capacity for patience empathy and open-mindedness fly out the window mm-hmm. so what questions should we be asking ourselves about the patterns we're creating inadvertently mm-hmm. um, or that maybe we sort of missed you know when it comes to mm-hmm. our children who are clearly maybe losing their minds, maybe they're tantruming, maybe they're fighting with their siblings for larger reasons than their brother decided to pick the toy the other child wanted, right? Like what, what, if you're looking at your family Mm -hmm. and, you know, something keeps happening, your child keeps breaking down at a certain point or, you, you know, there's this fight that keeps happening between the siblings or, what if we step back what kind of questions can we be asking ourselves in that time instead of dealing with the what i would think of as really the symptom right like the mm-hmm. child's upset the toy has been taken what's actually really going on now so okay so you mentioned the first important part which is finding a pattern mm-hmm. so a lot, so you know we will have everyone has in the family like the worst saturday is where like shit goes south on an epic level Mm -hmm. everyone's screaming something may get thrown and broken Mm -hmm. um it is resonating in your parent heart as fear and failure on the worst level that's totally it isn't it i mean half the time when you're listening when you know that you start to listen to yourself and you're and if you're parenting with somebody else you're like ah it's yeah. that you're you're scared that such and such is about to happen. You're thinking into yourself. That's, you don't say that at that moment because that wouldn't right. go well. <laughs> and so, if somebody has this epic Saturday yeah. and I get a call yeah, or a, a, an appointment, an emergency appointment, right? And so we start looking at the patterns. Does this happen every day? No. Does it happen every Saturday? No. Does it happen every third Saturday? No. Okay. So that was just a bad day, mm-hmm. which also we don't really want to have. Right, of course not. You just want to have a string of good days as parents. Right. So that's one thing. But then a lot of people call me because there's always the fight right before dinner. Mm-hmm. There's always the fight at 4 o'clock. Which or when they go o'clock, up to brush their teeth, to, you know, that's right. whatever it is, yes. That's right. And the parents just can't believe it. Mm-hmm. We've gone over this a hundred times. We have talked it. We've talked about it. We've tried right. everything. Right. Yes. And um, usually the pattern in, and I go through in the book, but what we do is we pick apart the pattern. For instance, do you keep expecting your kids to solve the problem when it's clear they cannot? Mm. Or do you have developmentally unreasonable expectations of what your kids can handle Mm. in both directions? Mm. So I will see parents, you know, tell a three-year-old, go upstairs, put on your pajamas, brush your teeth, wash your hands, bring (laughs) down a book. Okay. Like the three-year-old's a fart in the wind. Okay. They can't get past like level one. (laughs) Then I have parents who have a 12-year-old who are like, 
go upstairs, brush your teeth, get on your pajamas, okay? So the 12-year-old's pretty much giving them the middle finger, and the parents can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, your 12-year-old is too old for this kind of bossiness. Mm-hmm. Why are you harassing them? Mm-hmm. 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 Right? So sometimes we have a pattern where the child is telling you who they are, mm-hmm. but you're not listening. Mm-hmm. Right? Children are such a blessing. They will actually say to us, stop bossing me around. Mm-hmm. And then we think they're being rude. That's right. <laughs> so, and then we say, then why don't you just brush your teeth? Because then you don't brush your teeth. If I don't tell you, you don't brush your teeth. That's right. That's right. And then we go down the rabbit hole. We think it's about teeth when it's actually about independence and connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so what in finding the patterns, there can be simple fixes, easy, cheesy stuff. There can be um, some maybe more complex issues mm-hmm. in the house. Um, but when you find the pattern, you can do a lot of good things for your parenting brain. Number one, you can stop awfulizing everything. Mm. Right? Like every day is a crap day. These mm-hmm. kids are always bad. The I'm worst. a terrible parent every Absolutely. day. Actually, it's just four o'clock that sucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Right? You can also, and this is really important, find the silver linings. Mm-hmm. Right, so around about two, three years old, right, up until like a two or three-year-old, like that child is just a child from God, amazing, beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they cry and throw fits or whatever, but they're great. Yeah. And then begin the corrections. Mm -hmm. Stop, no, don't, stop, no, don't, get that, don't touch that, get this, don't, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty soon... If I ask some parents, when is the last time you highlighted or praised or found the good mm-hmm. of your family, mm-hmm. they cannot tell me. Oh, that's tough. And again, no parent wakes up and goes, you know, I'm going to ruin my family today with just being <laughs> negative. <laughs> like nobody wakes up like hell bent on just being a nag and miserable. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people do, but nobody. I, I would hope it. not. Yes. Right. Um, it just becomes habitual thinking. We become the hammer and the kids become the nail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we wait for the nail to change. Mm-hmm. But we're the hammer. Yes, it absolutely happens that way. And and honestly, almost anything could then trigger you when you're going into your day that way. I mean... Oh, the authorization right? is... is on fire right like any i mean almost anything could happen and be skewed towards the negative yes Mm -hmm. and it doesn't um when i say parenting outside the lines you know there's so many books out there and and they're great for all different topics but we'll pick up a trend right and they'll be suffering in the house and it'll be a pattern of suffering but maybe you've really decided everybody needs resilience mm-hmm. and you don't properly understand it because you only read the first two chapters of the book, which is what people do. Oh, and um, so you just keep bringing on suffering. Oh. Right? Because it's going to grow these kids up. I've been, too, I've been too easy. Right. I've been too lenient. Mm-hmm. Right? Or maybe you've read a positive parenting book. Mm-hmm. So now you're just going to sit there with, it sounds like you feel frustrated. And then your children go, stop talking to me about my feelings. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And you're like, I can't believe it. I'm being so loving. Right. So what we, you know, we stop seeing what's actually in front of us. Mm -hmm. And we adopt a trend that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. More positive parenting parents call me for coaching than any other parent that's fascinating wow yep fascinating because as you say in your in the beginning of your book and i i mean i'm I'm surrounded by 250 parenting books right now As (laughs) as you say in your book you say like i i'm picking from all of these different parenting you know techniques and and frameworks and as am I, because that's in my head, but it doesn't always work that way. And it doesn't always work that a particular type of technique is going to work with 
all of your children, one of your children. Sometimes it works on a Wednesday. It doesn't work on a Thursday. I mean, anything could happen. So your ability to pivot becomes really important and your ability to step back and see what's really going on is really important at that moment as well. Yes. And, you know, if you have a kid with executive functioning issues, Mm -hmm. you can positive parent all day with all that lingo. You can emotion coach like the best of them. Mm -hmm. But guess what works with executive functioning challenge kids? Rewards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rewards. Mm -hmm. They need that part. They need the neural synapses to grow together and you need to push that reward center on their brain. Mm hmm. Right now, if you use rewards with a neurotypical kid, disaster. Because well, uh, some of them just don't really care. Um, studies are clear that after a while, they actually have it. They have a con- they have a negative effect. Exactly, and you wind up needing. It's almost like you need to buy their behavior in that situation, and then you're all, you're caught in the bribe. Right, you're caught in the the carrot and the stick all the time because you, you've created that. So if you apply this, let's say we're along the same lines here because sibling rivalry can topple over the calmest moments in an instant. Mm-hmm. And certainly you can wind up just yelling, knock it off, give it back, don't hit, that's enough. Like all of the things that we were just saying about your list of directives. But you often find that, of course, this isn't the answer. So what are some of your what are your what are some of your guidelines or techniques that help to promote sibling serenity when you are maybe you have stepped back and you are seeing maybe there is a pattern going on here? What would we really need to know? Okay. So, you know, as you've mentioned for the occasional sibling tussle screaming, knock it off from another room usually does the trick. Mm -hmm. Right. Parenting books don't really want to say that, but that's usually what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one of my techniques. Uh, Knock it off is, is a direct quote sometimes. Yesterday I screamed, shut your pie holes and leave the house. And everyone (laughs) go outside. (laughs) I kicked them out. Right. Yeah. Go outside. Again, yeah, my privilege to do mm-hmm. because we have a safe neighborhood and can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is not an option for every parent. Not an option for every parent. It's a really good good idea there that you know you That's can't right. just apply it to everybody. Absolutely, no, you can't. Right. So, but let's say it isn't a one off that um, you've noticed pattern. You're going to have to take a hard look at how this came to be, and. I always want to stress, it's not because you're a bad parent. It's not a good or bad thing. Unless you are emotionally, physically um, abusing or manipulating your kids, Mm -hmm. you know, we usually started doing something that worked and then stopped, Mm -hmm. right? And then we didn't know what else to do and it grew into a problem. And so the answer to these problems lies within what the problem is. And I say in my book, did you create competition? Mm-hmm. Right. In which case, the older, faster, quote unquote, smarter boy will win every time. Mm-hmm. Right. How is that going to end up good for that relationship? It's right. Not. And and the, also the idea of of favoritism or sort of scapegoating with one child. The constantly yes. seems like the troublemaker. Yes. Right. So maybe you created competition. Maybe you, like I do in my house, make the older child responsible for the younger children. And then you can't believe she's a bossy horror. (laughs) Right. Um, And you're always yelling at her for correct overcorrecting them. You're yelling at them for behaving like whiny brats. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe. The siblings, you, you've not recognized simple, something as simple as hunger. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, there's a big uh, let them fight it out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Um, which works until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So the when, same child over and over again exactly. is losing the battle every single time. I yeah. find a lot of parents also like we all have to be together all the time. Oh gosh, and parenting time and and family time can be overrated. You know, it can be 
too much. That's too right. much is too much. So everybody right. needs some alone time. And I'm a divide and conquer woman, but I, I'm sure you've seen it too. Just, we all have to go to the grocery store. I'm like, mm -hmm. what are you smoking? No, you don't. Oh my gosh. Like, now they're all... telling you not to go. Everybody should not go to the grocery stores. You should all go to the bouncy house. Mm -hmm. No. It's a lot for people to be together all the time. That's right. Mm -hmm. So the answer always lies within a form of connection. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a big, big, big proponent for grabbing each kid one-on-one. -on -one. I know that can feel daunting to parents because they're like, I don't have time. Yes, you do because I see you on Instagram. I do know you have time. Mm. Don't lie to yourself and don't lie to me, right? Mm -hmm. You have time to take your kid out for a milkshake. Mm -hmm. So that one-on-one -on -one time is really important. I mean, and let's let, not forget about that. use it to um, let them complain to you. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I see is parents take their kids out for milkshake and say, listen, I need you to be nicer to your sister. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. No, thanks. Mm. Is How that what this milkshake was about? <laughs> yeah. And right there, that, that you'll never get that again. Mm -hmm. um, instead, it's, man, being a big sister sucks. Mm -hmm. How annoying are your siblings sometimes? Mm. Now... Right. There is a flicker of recognition in your kid's eyes. Mm -hmm. oh I God. get you. I can, That's right. I understand. Mom or dad or whoever it is gets me. And then they can tell you everything that's on their hearts. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a safe place to vent. And it's a safer place to vent than their little brother or sister. And you can't always do it all at once. Like, I, I love a good family meeting. Oh, Absolutely. So but there are times when... You can't hash it out as a as a group. You got to do some work one on one, and let the child just talk to you about what they're feeling without having their little brother or little sister jump in and say, "No, that's not true. That's this is the way it is." And you know, just having that consistency, like they're able to just say a full paragraph of information without anybody saying that they're wrong they're lying and not even being able to finish and having somebody else just say you know their their rendition of all the events you know and what I really love about what you just said is like at the very beginning of our conversation you said unless the house is on fire somebody's about to die mm -hmm. right a lot of these things depending on how long the parents have allowed certain sibling dynamics to go on mm -hmm. The unpacking, the pain, mm. the resentment, mm -hmm. the trust that has been broken takes a long time. We don't want to. We don't want to face that as parents. Right. We want everything to look like a Norman Rockwell painting. And when we reach out, we want the per the child to be like, "Thank you, receive." <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you for showering me with your love, even though you've ignored this problem for five straight years. <laughs> And now everything is going to be better. Like you said, I often, I study with Dr. Gordon Neufeld, and I'm a facilitator with that institute, and sometimes the walls around a child's heart are thick. Mm -hmm. And if you bulldoze them, they strengthen. Mm. So you have to think of yourself as like a little hammer, just tink, 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 tink. Mm -hmm. And the idea of continuously showing up mm -hmm. with compassion, mm -hmm and non-judgment works. Now, that being said, parents go to extremes and say, okay, well, I, I used to land on them like a bomb before, and now I'm all compassion. No, no, no. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Mm -hmm. It's having a little brother sucks, and I'm not going to let you beat the crap out of me. Exactly. Right, right. We've got to come up with some different ways to deal with this, but it doesn't mean ignoring it completely because I get that it's frustrating. That's right. Yeah. Because boundaries are safety for kids. So they want you to put boundaries around mm -hmm. issues. Right. But yeah, I love that you brought that up because I think when parents awaken to like, oh man, I've gotten this wrong. Mm -hmm. They they want a result. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? And they want it quickly. I mean, who That's wants right. to have to do all this work? And for some parents, it's work that is hitting a lot of nerves 
Especially if they've had like a poor relationship with a sibling and they wanted to do it differently and now they're starting to see the same patterns arise. Like who knows what's going on there? Yeah, it's so fraught. Yeah. It can really, and yeah, that's why people hire me. Yeah. So I can walk them through it. Yeah. And I hope the book is just like kind of a jumping off point. To Absolutely. Like, hmm. <laughs> so, so one of the things that I really resonated with, and I want to make sure we have time for, is this, this concept of falling out of pose that you talk about, you know, with your yoga teacher um, yeah. that you wound up applying to your parenting. So I sort of have a two-part question. The first part is, how, how like sort of generally, how do we gracefully pivot with the t- intention and fall out of pose with intention? And the second part is really to go through an example um, because you talk about angry Meg- Megan versus calm purpose Megan and uh, it was like looking at myself. Um, so I just want to make sure that we have time for both. So why don't you start with just the concept and then we can uh, apply it to, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in a particular situation, what that looks like. Yeah. So I'm a, a pretty bad yogi, but I've been doing it a long time and I've had lots of teachers and you know, in the book, I say this teacher said, let's do a balancing pose and, you know, like a tree pose or whatever it was. And everyone's like, oh, right. And because you can't muscle your way through a balanced pose. Mm-hmm. It is a true combination of being utterly calm and strong. Mm-hmm. And um, and she said, you know, if you start falling out, it's okay. Just look like you meant to do it. Mm-hmm. Fall out with grace rather than just flop on the ground and sigh and, you know, throw a fit or I'm not doing that again, whatever we say. Right. And it just struck me like a brick. Right. You're like, yes. This is what a good parent does. Not even just a good parent. These are what good leaders do. Mm-hmm. Leaders of groups of people, which is what a parent is. You are the leader of your family. Mm -hmm. And so if you're just flopping out of your leadership because you're uncertain or you've changed your mind or you realize the juice ain't worth the squeeze (laughs) or whatever it is, what we end up doing is we get so upset at the transition that we add pain to pain. Mm. Right. So an example is like, and I write in the book that your kid wants ice cream, yep. the mm-hmm. ice cream truck that pulls up outside of school every day at three, mm-hmm. okay. which is truly what happens up at my kid's school. Of course. And you always say no because they're $8 a piece and you're trying not to give your kids a billion grams of sugar after school and the line is long, right? There's a million reasons mm-hmm. and they're all valid. Mm-hmm. And then one day you realize that you've just kind of been a nudge, Mm. that you're tired and that, you know, maybe it pops and it's Friday and it's been a good week. Why do I keep saying no? Right? Like, why am I a killjoy? Mm -hmm. And the kid is, again, I just want the SpongeBob. (laughs) I just, why can't, right? Rather than picking a response that's, well, fine, mm-hmm. but just this once, mm-hmm. you've worn me down, or you know, like you know, the passive aggressive. Well, we're gonna do this. <laughs> Don't ask me again. Right. <laughs> the falling out of the pose is to change your mind with grace and strength, mm-hmm. which is to say, you know what, I do want a popsicle too. This is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you own what is happening. So you didn't give in. You, you made an active in. choice. You changed your mind mm-hmm. as a parent. I do this all the time. Now, can you abuse this? Of course you can. Mm-hmm. You can abuse anything. You can drink too much water for Pete's sake, okay? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be changing your mind all the time or they're going to be like, what, what's this person about, right? <laughs> but 
when you have found yourself, if you are obsessed with rules as a parent and mm-hmm. following rules, or you're obsessed with consistency, which makes me want to drink when parents are like, well, I have to be consistent. I'm like, but you're consistently wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'd this is a problem. I'm a leader that is just blindly consistent. Mm-hmm. They pivot. Right. I like that. I like that idea of pivoting and making making it an active choice. That's in it's it's part of what you've decided. You haven't been worn down. You're not giving in. You're making an active choice. And I liked also in your book when you took that to a situation where you were like, maybe I have taken, you know, have you taken a boundary too far? You're like actually asking us, have you taken a boundary too far? And when did you begin to lose your way? way? And really have... The parents think through that. What would it look like if you approach the situation with calm purpose? So sort of looking at your past experiences, if you didn't give in in that situation and, you know, change your mind and, and realize, wait a second, this is a time to pivot. Um, or you find yourself, you know, yelling at your child for, for doing something. And in the middle of that, you're, something in you is going, I'm this is not right. I don't even know what I'm mad at right now. I just know that this is the way I've always done it. So what, what would you say, like, what is the importance of that stepping back and sort of asking yourself those questions? What do you hope that that is achieved by that? Oh God, everything, you know, life is so gray Everything that right the the essence of maturity, which is what we want for our children, right? We don't want to actually grow up happy kids because that's like insane, right? Like that's a that's a mood. That's not a state of being. Mm. Like it's not a way, mm-hmm. right? We want our kids to experience the full range of appropriate emotions, and in order to do that in order to reach maturity, you have to understand how gray life is. It is almost never black and white. Mm -hmm. And in order to raise a child to become that person, we ourselves cannot adhere to things that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. We have to allow change and we have to forgive ourselves for having one way of doing things and then going, holy crap, that doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's okay. Right? I've never met a parent that set a rule and then like on a random date was like, now I will change this rule. (laughs) Because I can sense the development coming. No! Mm -hmm. Every parent has held on to a rule until it's gone too far. The kid beats us down and then we're like, I'm unreasonable. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Or on the flip side, the parent has had no rules. The kid's almost begging for them, pushing them around. And then the parent realizes. Mm -hmm. So back to this larger objective. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not using a parenting trend. You're not trying to behaviorally get your kids to do something or not do something. You are raising a human that you want to understand nuance. Ambiguity different scenarios, change of mind, when no means no and yes means yes, and we also have the power to change our minds. Mm -hmm. We want to model that. And apologize when you mess it up and you go the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. I have turned to my own kids in the midst of a fight and go and screamed, I don't know why I'm fighting about this. I have control issues. That's impressive. I've done many, many apologies after. Like, I am so sorry that I was yelling at you. I, you do not deserve me yelling at you. And I, I, I should have listened better. And I hear what you're saying now. And I just, you know, that apology was really, I feel like it was just not part of parenting back when you know when we were growing up and before that like it just apologizing to your child now I feel like it is so important that we do that 
because I do want my child also to grow up to realize that they are going to make mistakes. They can apologize for them and then they can try again all the time. And I, I have a chapter in my book that my mom grew up apologizing to me and it changed my life mm. um, because I'm able to give and receive usually mm-hmm. uh, true apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I write in my book that sometimes we don't fully mean them, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that makes us mature. Because even though I may still be angry at my child, and maybe even a part of me is like, you know what, they deserved my, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I still know that at the end of the day, I'm the adult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm the adult. Um, It's a a great, it's such a great um, important part of parenting. And I I appreciate that you put it in your book and, and it is part of your life as well. I also loved your concept of drive-by parenting. That was, mm. uh, and and something that I really recognized as well. And and I, I know we're coming to the end of the interview, but just quickly, what is this drive-by parenting, and how did you pivot with your daughter and the Legos? Oh God. I I grew up in a drive-by parenting house, except for that, you know, my mother was is in, um, a, a yeller, mm-hmm. a, a positive yeller, mm-hmm. though, but just an upstairs, downstairs, to the basement, ah, 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 right? <laughs> and, and my father is very quiet, and it, you have to go to him and ask him something to his face. Mm-hmm. You can yell for him all day. You could be on fire and he will not come to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So he taught me how to treat him. Mm-hmm. And my mom taught me how to treat her. Mm-hmm. So I would go to my father and I would yell for my mother. Mm-hmm. But the yelling came out stronger. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with the Legos, I would have this child that just, well, it turns out, years later she's gifted mm-hmm. oh it didn't doesn't surprise me by the way yeah. you were explaining her hyper focus yeah. on being able to do legos yeah. and your constant you know yelling like stop yeah. it yeah. come in here put it yeah. down like right. all the drive-by parenting right yeah <laughs> aspects she's, that you need yeah three or four ahead in grades um in most wow. subjects but can't get herself out of a bathroom mm-hmm. and um she she couldn't even despite so the big mantra a lot of parents have is she's old enough to know how to blank mm-hmm. right my kids should know how to blank right and I'm like great I love that you say that there's no evidence mm-hmm. <laughs> that this is true for your child there's no book on your particular now. child well and like <laughs> we can reread the developmental benchmarks, mm-hmm. but all the evidence is pointing mm-hmm. that this is not your child right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's probably coming. But like, just keep, if you keep reasserting that this shouldn't be this way, that doesn't actually like do anything. So I, I thought, I mean, I thought the way that you wound up handling it when you realized that this was not working, this drive by parenting and this, you know, yelling from the, you know, the other room wasn't working. Um, and, and actually saying to yourself, I'm going to try something different today. I love that you did that. And I think it's important because I write in the book that, I came up with a solution. It was tedious. It got on my nerves. That you even had to do it, I'm yes, sure. Yes. Yes. Because that's frustrating. I had to lead her by the hand to the table mm-hmm. to eat. But as I keep telling parents, whatever annoyance I had there, number one, I didn't destroy her mm-hmm. during it. And number two, Whatever we're struggling with will take three times as longer and cost us our relationship with our child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So your ability to, you know, when you, she got up in the morning, instead of just having her come down and, and do, you know, sort of meander and go right. and then find the Legos and not be able to come to the table anymore, you literally took her by the hand and talked to her. And yeah. and engaged with her and got her to the table and then you had breakfast and created a 
a routine, which is so important that they she eats first and then she does all the other the, the four things she needed to do that morning and then That's she right. can play Legos. And I, yeah, and I just had to stop um, thinking that me yelling commands at her head, drive-by parenting, was going to result in a change in behavior. Uh, uh, Just an absolute vital realization, Um, because often what we do is we, we just take that same behavior that we've been doing and make it bigger and louder, thinking that that will change things. My friend who's a psychiatrist says, you know, you're basically parenting on the emergency break at that point. Does it work sometimes? Sometimes it does. But then you wear out the emergency break. Then it doesn't work. So I really appreciated that. And it's true for, you know, our teens and our tweens Mm -hmm. and everybody, you know, did you do your chore? Why don't you do your chore? Right. We're yelling at them while they're, if they're on technology, it's forget it. Mm -hmm. We're just want, 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 want. So, you know, we, everyone keeps waiting for something to change. Mm-hmm. Um, when definitely, if you took that kind of behavior into your workplace or with your friends, unacceptable. Right. Unacceptable to yell at people from one room to another. Absolutely. And if somebody, if you, if somebody heard, overheard you doing it, you'd be mortified, right? I mean, mortified. Mortified. Yeah, you'd be like, I, yeah, and if you saw yourself, I, that was what took me out of some of mine is like, if I was being filmed right now, and then oh my saw my face, and I heard mean, what I was saying, I, I would be horrified by my behavior. That's not okay. Like when right. you realize that. So and um, here and there is what happens. But you know, drive by parenting is the way some people parent. Yeah. So what is your top tip? What would you like us to come away with after listening to this interview or from the work you've done? You know, parenting is completely generalized and utterly specific. Mm -hmm. This is really important. What a great realization. Absolutely. You know, we're all in the struggle. We're all just every day trying to love our kids and, and, and do the best we can. Mm -hmm. I really want parents rather than to find solutions and strategies all the time is to continue to ask themselves thoughtful questions. Mm -hmm. What is this really about? What is really happening here? Mm -hmm. What are my triggers? Mm -hmm. What is my part in this? Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. do I need extra help? Mm-hmm. Whenever I've been pumping the brakes on an expert or testing, right? What? How do I understand this child? Mm-hmm. And these thoughtful questions, you might go, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's also parenting. Being in the dark is parenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know the answers until we're through it. And we try things and sometimes it works and sometimes we have to change that day to day. But... You know, we do figure it out. And yes, perspective comes when we get through it. Give us the resource of the week. Where can we go to get more information about you and your book and the work you're doing? So mlparentcoach.com has everything. If you order my book, you get free monthly parenting Mm Q&As. Anything you want to ask about, I just hang out and answer. Awesome. Um, I have an online parenting class for parents of kids 11 and under on that page. Uh, if you use the co- coupon social, um, you get $50 off. And also, all until quarantine ends, my monthly Q&As are pay what you can. Awesome. Well, thank so that you. there's no excuse for not getting some support. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show today and for your your insights and your strategies and your stories. They were extremely helpful. And uh, I just appreciate you sharing them with us today. Well, this was so much fun. You are, do such a great job. Oh, so I really you. appreciate your time. Thank oh, you. It's my pleasure. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends. I know you have yours. So let's discuss them. <laughs> Come up on Facebook, go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page, or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash drrobin. I'm also on Instagram under Dr. Robin Silverman. And I will be going back and forth with Megan Leahy and 
you know, I develop those memes, we can share memes, and we can go back and forth on social media getting some questions answered. And if you love this podcast like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so other people can learn about these perspectives and the solutions and use them in their own homes. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today, my fellow parents, leaders, and educators. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please go to Dr. DrRobinSilverman.com. So many great podcasts are up there and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. Perhaps you heard something today and you go, I did that wrong. It's okay. You're getting the information you need. I know it's not easy, but never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. I see you and I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity. Please know you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.